Hey. Hey, you. Yeah, don't look behind you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Have you ever been frustrated trying to buy tickets online? Most sites make it complicated, and they try to sneak huge fees in at checkout. That's why you need to try SeatGeek. They've made it easier than ever to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. Now, I'm going up to Dallas next month, meaning July, to try to check out some Rangers games. And you'd better believe I'm going to use SeatGeek. I used it for my trip in Detroit I told you guys about. Um, I've been recommending it to people left and right all across the country, to be honest. A couple friends in different spots been recommending it. My buddy is in New York, and he's going up to visit his family a little bit for the summer. And he and his dad are already mapping out where they, what they're going to go see uh, in terms of Mets games with SeatGeek. Honestly, it's the only place I use now. I used to use other places, I'll freely admit. The one that frequently gets mentioned here, StubHub. Stopped using it. It's not, it's not necessary at this point because uh, SeatGeek's taken all the work and hassle out of shopping for tickets. SeatGeek pulls all the tickets available on other sites into one place so you save time and never miss a deal. You can even set alerts for upcoming games and SeatGeek will let you know if the price falls. Even better, every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value so you can immediately find underpriced seats. And before you buy, you can use SeatGeek's detailed maps to see the view from your seat. Now, I remember when MLB.com first got this for their stadiums, and it was awesome. But I would, you know, be on the StubHub app or something, and then I'd have I buy the ticket or look at a section, then I go to the MLB site and have to kind of, you know, use their stadium view. Now it's all it's all in one with SeatGeek, and the grading is just color coding. So if you know a stoplight, green means go, red means halt. So if you see a red one in the section you want, maybe relax and try to find a green one because those are going to be the better price tickets uh, for their value. Best of all, SeatGeek is always honest and upfront about the price. Unlike StubHub, SeatGeek shows you the full ticket price from start to finish and never surprises you at the end with huge fees. Now, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. To get that $20 rebate, all you have to do is download the free SeatGeek app, go to Settings, and click Add Promo Code. Enter the promo code SLEEPER, S-L-E-E-P-E-R. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. It's really easy. Download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code SLEEPER today. Welcome to episode 359 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Sunday, June 26th. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, and Justin Verlander just gave up another home run. Are you freaking kidding me? Wait, pitchers giving up home runs this season? Oh, this my is God. a shocker. You know what? Here's, here's the funny thing. I'll peel the curtain back. We planned to kind of talk about home runs, but not in this way. This this Literally, I'm watching the game. It just happened. Another home run, I think his third of the inning here. Cleveland ripping uh, ripping Detroit and ripping um, Verlander specifically again. He'd been on he'd been on fire since giving up seven to them um, a while back. I mean, early May he'd been. And rolling. as I look up as I look up the Wikipedia page for the Detroit Tigers, it says owners Cleveland Indians. Exactly, so, exactly. So they have owned you guys this year. But, and that would make so Verlander's given up three bombs a day. Nate Eovaldi went gave up back to back to back shots to the Twins, which is almost DFA material. I mean, it's and they're getting perfect perfect gamed. By the way, actually, like no, Tyler it, Duffy. It just ended, but still five and two thirds. Good job, nice one curse. Hit. 
unbelievable. Uh, the, the power, we were talking about it. Again, didn't even mean to really dive in this way, but to see Verlander give up another one. The ball is flying out of parks everywhere. It's insane. You saw, you, I mean, you didn't see it because you're, you're over them right now. You're taking a little bit of hiatus from your club. Uh, Drew Smiley, Grand Slam to um, Chris Davis today. They've got 50 home runs in this month. The month of June record is 55. The month, the any month record is 58 for a team. So they could break that in the next four or five days, just the way they hit, hit for power. I mean, it's not going to be easy, but they could do it. Home runs are going crazy. I just did a quick look. Um, we have 30, we have 36 players right now with 15 plus homers. This time last year, we had 21. So. I mean, power is just way up, and I feel like the starters are really the ones taking the brunt of it. What was the number that you had on multiple home run outings by starters? Oh, by starters alone has been 393 outings in this season. And all um, last year? Uh, all last year was like 590, but here's the thing. That, that 393 number is already top 50 of all time, of any season, already uh, top 50. And uh, when I'm looking, I'm changing the equation um, to say I wanted to look at any pitcher allowing multiple um, home runs in a uh, in a single an season, outing. and it's uh, an outing. Any pitcher, and there's been 466 instances this season alone okay. where uh, that's happened. And if we think back, um, in 19 the season of 1992, there were 468. So that's what that's the most recent season I could find because the rest of them are in the mostly dead ball era in the 60s and 70s. But, yeah, that's the closest. And if I get into 2000s, the next one is 2014, where there were 677. And that's easily going to be obliterated by maybe next week at this pace. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's it's crazy. And it's leading to these blow up starts that are just so tough to watch your pitchers take. Absolutely frustrating. I don't know. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. I don't know. I don't know if they tighten up the ball. If it's just the weather, but homers are way up. And I think I think Todd Zola mentioned this that even with the homers way up, actual runs per game aren't necessarily all. That. So it's 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 just that so many of the runs are coming via the home run. They're just mm-hmm. they're, well, and they're rally killers too. So we know that. So I guess that's why it's not sparking a whole bunch of runs because there goes your rally after. Oh, I swear to God. You got to be shitting me. What happened? Another home Another run. <laughs> Chisnall. God. Chis- the Chisnit. Now they got him for eight. And his worst start of the season. You got to be kidding me, man. And that was a wall scraper. I'm displeased. I'm very displeased. I, I, just, pitched, I just switched to the video feed on yours, and, and Verlander has this look. Like, like what's uh, What? God. Cleveland, man. They can. They can. Dude, they are just. They are just rolling people right now. Oh, that was that was a hang. He just went down and got the change up. I just saw the pitch. It really wasn't a bad pitch either. That's been the crazy thing about so many so many of these uh, homers that we've seen. That's a home run. What are they reviewing? Um, fan interference. They were looking at. Oh, okay. I, I, I've seen. I've seen a lot of that too. Where these are not bad pitches, and I'm not just talking about Verlander. I'm talking about across the league. And, you, and you're seeing some of these home runs. That's what maybe leads me to believe to maybe a little bit of of the tight ball situation. Again, I'm not even trying to say it in some sort of nefarious, oh, my God, this is a conspiracy sort of way. But, man, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, let's dive into the topics that we do have, though, because 
you're getting out to Coors Field today. Going to enjoy a nice Sunday afternoon, so we are recording early. Got a few news tidbits, then some some players that we want to cover. And you made another trade that I'm very interested in talking about as well. But let's start. While we're, while we're pissed off, let's talk about uh, Steven Strasburg heading to the DL. And, you know, for those that aren't Strasburg backers, they, they're like, oh, same old, same old, you know. This guy always going to the DL. And honestly, at some point, it's hard to really disagree with them. I am a Strasburg backer. I think he's awesome. But on some level, the fact that he consistently uh, seems to have an injury or two per year just really makes it tough to to count on him, right, for that that big premium 200-plus inning sort of season. However... I still love drafting him, though, because when Strasburg does pitch, he's great. So it's the back that tightened up. That's been giving him problems now, dating back to last year. They're playing it cautiously, which I don't blame them, right? You know, the, right. Their pitching's been so good. What do you think about this injury to Strasburg? And then, of course, we'll get into the inevitable if you think this this sparks a uh, Lucas Giolito move. I hope it does. It would be nice for our, uh, our labor team. Don't we have it, Luke Giolito still? I believe that we, we've we been sitting on him, and obviously we're not giving him up now. We've waited this long. Yes, yes. Um, this is this is always the risky run when you have when you have Strasburg. You know what's going to happen, uh, and it's it's what's always held him back. In fact, the uh, I was part of the sporting news uh, picking the top fifty players in baseball. I was part of like fifty people that were on a panel. Nice. Uh, you know, folks like Mike Farron were on it. Uh, you know, different people that we all read and write and respect, and why they chose me. I guess they needed an outsider. I don't. Know. <laughs> but it was cool. To, it was cool to be on there. But they actually used my quote for Strasburg, which was like, "Win healthy." is one of the best pitchers in the game, but I had to start it with the win healthy and capitalize the got, win got because you have to. It, it's, it's something you can't overlook, and it's not like I'm never going to call him soft. It's not. I mean, no. It, Pitching, it's 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 a finely tuned machine, and every time you if something goes wrong, it's infamously back to Dizzy Dean. You know, Dizzy Dean got it took a liner off his toe, changed his delivery to compensate for the pain, and the blowing his arm out was never the same afterwards. And that's just the the first of many stories where guys start compensating for something, and, and something else happens. So sometimes unconsciously, if, by the way, sometimes yeah. they, they're just kind of like uh, altering themselves to compensate for maybe like a small little pain and it has this cascading effect. That's what uh, Doug Thorburn calls it. And so with the kinetic chain, right? I, I wouldn't call him soft either. And that, that's the part that I don't like the Strasburg haters. I'll call him soft. The, <sighs> That's not what it is, right? I mean, no, it's you not. got a bad you, back, you, you got a bad got, back. Yeah, you've got a history of bad back. Yeah. I was having my issue with the with what I was calling my David Wright neck issue. Um, I was I had a flight a couple of weeks ago in the midst of that, and it took all I had to hold it together oh, on that man. plane. I was in a lot of pain, and it was driving me crazy. And, um, you know, so I, I'm not going to – with pitching and everything, you have to – I mean, pitching's extension when you, when you – stride off the mound and everything if any part of that's messed up the last thing i want him to do is try to go out there and pitch through back pain and then does something to his shoulder because he's compensating it i exactly. if he's got if he's got to take a couple of weeks off you take a couple of weeks off now it sucks for the nationals that they're in the midst of a losing streak i don't know if it i think they lost their seventh straight last night which again is no big deal considering there's another team out there that's about to lose their 11th straight um you know so for, forget that losing streak i think if the nationals were on the other end let's say they had won seven straight this wouldn't be a big deal but the fact oh, that yeah. they're, they're losing some of this all of a sudden you know it's panic disco in the nation's capital the, the thing of it is is that yeah they're on that seven game loser and i know that you referenced you, your ball club on a lose 10 about to hit 11 um the, the those chasing the the nats 
I guess it doesn't make it – it makes it a little less uh, scary with the lose seven because the Mets, we recognize that their pitching is great, but the hitting is a mess. And I think people are still kind of like, are the Marlins for real? So even in the midst of this downturn for the Nats, I, I think they're taking solace in the fact that, okay, we still have a good team. We can bring somebody up. If it is Giolito, they could bring up um, somebody like an A.J. Cole and Austin Voth. There right. are options for them here. I think Giolito had just kind of gotten going recently. And so that's, of course, of course, that's who everybody wants, but that might not be what, what they get. Um, we're going to learn more on Monday, the corresponding move that the Nats are going to make. So I guess we're kind of kind of holding our breath on that one to see what's what. Uh, we got Giolito here on our team, ready to go. And we would probably kick somebody to the curb. I don't even know who. We got, we got a pretty lit pitching staff. We'd probably just take um, Marcus Stroman out because he's facing Cleveland. Are you kidding me? Is that fair? Okay. I was. I switched over to the Astros Royals. Jan Gomes almost hit a hit a home run off Bruce. Or, or, although Oswaldo Arcia hit one for the Rays. His first homer is a Ray. Hey. Which I'd love. I think you guys talked about him. Yeah. I listened uh, on Wednesday when you guys. I was driving through the uh, mountains, so the podcast was perfectly timed on Thursday, so I could not? listen to that. Yeah, and, and that's yeah, exactly. That's really the occasion with it. I mean, it's a lot better than the stupid Carl Crawford rumors that there was out that they had out there. Like, hey, maybe they're going to sign Carl Crawford. No, that that that's dead. Um, stop, stop. We're trying to do the past. I mean, Arcia, he's he's full of flaws, but so is the Rays club. And honestly, he, he should be playing every day against against right-handed pitching. I know he's problem in, in the field but whatever this team's going nowhere exactly. uh, and you know to sidetrack just a bit that means Steve Pierce is going to be traded here once he gets healthy because he's on a one-year deal so they're going to move him Logan Morrison's going to get moved at some point because he's on a one-year deal so they could move him and maybe Richie Schaefer comes up and plays first you know those kinds of things I would expect the pitching I would expect Drew Smiley uh, or Matt Moore or Oda Rizzi because Oda Rizzi doesn't seem like he's going to work one of those uh, pre-agency deals out with the Rays I I expect fire sale oh, you or, Okay. That's... Expect a, I expect a fire <laughs> well, the fire, sale. The, the, the so, fire is yes. already raging, right? Oh, it's the, an inferno. They're in it's, the a, midst. it's a five-alarm fire. Yeah, they're about to hit an 11-gamer, as you mentioned, on, on, on the L side. But um, it, it, that's interesting to hear you say that, that you think they're going to sell off, which I, I don't disagree with at all. It just it hadn't occurred to me in the midst of this losing streak because before the losing streak they were kind of hanging around and they're and they probably one of those teams correct and they were hoping to get they were you know Kiermaier was going to come back yeah Kiermaier and, 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 and the pieces and Cobb was a few weeks away now honestly you know this is this is the 2009 draft coming back to bite them a lot of people will look and say oh they should have drafted Buster Posey instead of Tim Beckham that's oh, fine should they should they have but then the season after, they didn't sign either of their first-round draft picks, and they've they've produced two players out of the 2009 draft. So what was the, what the, was the one the, where they had 52 of the first the 10 picks? That's right, oh, 52 of the first 2010, 2010, and Blake Snell, I think Snell and uh, Snell was one of them, and somebody okay. else um, out of that one. So yeah, that's you know they did a, a number of poor drafts, and that's what's really catching up. So if you're in a if you're in one of those tough luck AL only leagues, um, beware. Those Watch guys out. are. I don't know where they're going to go, but they're not going to stay in Tampa Bay. Well, that's. That, what's really interesting about that, though, and, and we'll talk about this more probably in the, in the coming weeks when it really becomes uh, more important, is that uh, the market was pretty thin, I thought, 
coming in, right? Uh, there weren't a lot of big premium chips that we're talking about. You got Sunny Gray Ridge Hill out in Oakland, perhaps, like a Jay Bruce in Cincinnati. There just weren't a lot of trade candidates that were like, oh, these, these guys are going to go. But if Tampa Bay does dive head first in like you're talking, and they absolutely should, especially with the names that you mentioned, they're going to thicken up the pool quite a bit. And, and it could be really interesting, especially if they make somebody like an Odorizzi or even a Smiley available, although Smiley – uh, is, is a home run machine himself. Speaking of those home run issues, actually, so is Odorizzi. Your your whole favorite team there uh, here, besides Andres, who's listed um, as Dude, one. They of, have they have five pitchers that have allowed at least ten home runs, it's and a, only four of them are starting pitchers. Check this: four the four starting pitchers have all allowed at least fifteen. Archer yes. has a one point six homer per night. So does Matt Moore. Odorizzi's at one point five. Drew Smiley's at one point seven. Probably going up today. That's brutal. That is brutal. Uh, all right, let's let's move on. Next up, this one was uh, coming for a while. I thought they gave him a, a long leash. I think because he's he's been good in the past, Trevor Rosenthal. But you're walking so many guys, and it's one thing when you're walking four and a half, five like that. You can kind of live with that, especially if you're not giving up too many hits. But the fact of it is, he's walking eight per nine and giving up hits. He's been an utter disaster. And and they, they just couldn't do it any longer. And the the recent stretch really was the tipping point here because you look at it in the middle of this month, he was at like a, a 3-1-5. You know, he'd had a couple bad outings, but it was really confined to a handful of bad outings. Pretty much since then, three of his last six outings have been nightmares. Ten hits in four innings, four walks, only six strikeouts. He's out. They say closer by committee with Sungwon Oh, a.k.a. the final boss, best nickname in the universe, and Jonathan Broxton. I'm out there getting O. Oh. I was already getting yes. O oh, um, in a couple leagues just, just speculating. I'm excited to see what he can do. Check this out. Sungwon Oh coming over, I believe from South Korea, um, has been fantastic. Now, a little bit of an older guy. He's 33 years old, so he's established. 38 innings, 51 strikeouts, 8 walks, 1 bomb, 22 hits. I don't again. I don't know what the hell took him so long. I get that Rosenthal was the guy. You give him a little bit of a leash, but my mm-hmm. goodness, you got a closer right here with the final boss. I think he can take it and run with it. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't know what's what's taken it so long. This is one of the ones I took him in my uh, in my NL my twelve team NL league uh, for four dollars at the end, and I've been sitting on him. I have all of one two saves on the season in this league. One of them's Daniel Hudson. One of them's Boone Logan. Um, that's my, those are my <laughs> saves. But I'm 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 only four points out of second place. First place is uh, first place is unattainable. Um, but I can make a run at second, which would be nice as an ex- as an expansion team. I came in and redrafted. Oh, wow. And this this is the one that hasn't worked out so well this is the one where i made a trade where i traded uh jay bruce and another pitcher and got back uh, hunter pence and um alex wood who have who have played who pitched all of one game and had all of four at bats for me before both went down the disabled list wow. uh, you know <laughs> did i have i've lost puig for multiple times i've lost david peralta again um then i still got a shot at second place so i would uh i'd like to i'd like the solution because we were pretty down on rosenthal coming into the season the the, the skills especially uh, the batting average uh, off his fastball the last couple of years has been getting more hittable and more hittable because he can't command it well, and and you, you add that in, he can't really command the, the curveball either. That's a spike pitch that they can spit on, and so well, it's a chase pitch. If he can, yeah. if he can get ahead with his fastball, but if he can't get ahead with his fastball, There's you lay off spit the curveball. On it. Exactly, yeah. uh, and so he, he's been a nightmare. I've always liked Rosenthal, 
but he sucks right now. Like there's just no way around. He's 26 years old. I, I, I don't think he's done. I don't think he's gonna go marmal and, and just and just be done. Um, you talk about these numbers being this bad: 563 ERA, 204 WHIP. You talk about compensating somewhere, maybe for a minor injury that has altered things down the kinetic chain. I got to imagine something's going on here because even at his worst, which was probably 2014 for Rosenthal when he was walking 5.4, he was not this bad. Like this is this is so brutal, and so I would not be surprised if something was was wrong beyond uh, just not being able to command the ball for a reason. Like there has to be a reason behind it. But he's been terrible. I think you can cut him in all league types. Honestly, I I, I don't see how he gets this job back. They're still in either. it. They're not going anywhere. The, the, the Cardinals aren't. They're in second place. They're fighting for the wild card. And they're not giving up on chasing down the Cubs either. It's 10 games. It's going to be really tough. But they're not just packing it in. So, um, again, I think Sungwon Oh is somebody that you can invest in pretty comfortably. I don't know that they're going to go out and get like an, a Miller or a, or a Chapman to take over the job. I think that they would supplement it behind O as opposed to replacing him. So uh, unlike with Kelly in, in Washington, I think that they'll go out and make one of those bigger moves and have like a Chapman or a Miller to replace him and Papelbon. I think O is going to have the gig. Right there. I, I concur. Sorry. There are two big, two big call-ups here, one that we've been waiting for pretty much all season, most people have, and then another that was uh, probably a little bit surprising, not not surprising, just kind of off the radar because he was a former first-round pick, but he doesn't really have a ton of hype. Let's start with A.J. Reed uh, with the Astros, and we'll get to Brandon Nimmo for the Mets in a moment. A.J. Reed finally gets the call. Everyone's been waiting for so long. Is this guy ever going to get the call? You know, he's hitting pretty well in AAA. Not not. Not not obliterating competition the way he did last year, but certainly not uh, uh, you know embarrassing himself with an 8.54 OPS and 11 homers in 59 games before his call up. Uh, I think part of it was you know can they find the consistent playing time for him? And now I think they feel comfortable that they can for AJ Reed. The Tyler White experiment uh, was over. You know, Luis Valbuena. That the thing was is that we kept saying that Luis Valbuena was somebody who they who they could take playing time away for for Reed. But I think they really like him, and he's having a pretty solid season. So he's not going anywhere. It was basically White versus Reed, and now Reed has a chance to win out. So far, so good. Only one game, and he was part of that stomp that they put on him, uh, put on the Royals yesterday. Two for five in his first first major league game with two runs, two walks. Huge debut effort for A.J. Reed. What are you expecting out of A.J. Reed the rest of the year? Uh, I don't think that Tyler White has a chance of coming back and getting that job. Um, I Oop. expect Reed. That's yeah, his injury. Yeah, I expect Reed to, to come up and rake. Uh, and Astros just leave him in the lineup. And I'm 12-team mixed. I'm taking a chance the rest of the way. And oh, yeah. This guy, oh, yeah. I mean, he, he can hit. And you're just going to take him the rest of the way. And, uh, you know, the bar – the He's gonna have to play. He's just coming up. He's just coming up for first base, correct? Yeah, he's gonna be playing first base because. And I, look at look at the overall off. Look at the overall production of first base this year. It, it hasn't been amazing, right? Because you got guys like uh, Jose Abreu who's been disappointing. Joey Votto's been disappointing. Um, you know, really, here, here's the leaders on the player. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually going to, yeah, I'm going to look at the, go ahead and do that. I was going to pull up, sorry, here why I got it up now. League-wide slash line at first base is 253, 330, 442. I, I, A.J. Reed could absolutely exceed that. Oh, yeah. 
I that's mean, first base this year. That would be that'd be perfectly solid if that's all he did, quote unquote. But I, I agree with you. I think he can best that. This is a guy who's got major power, a really sharp eye. I think, you know, even I think it's a situation where even if he's sputtering a little bit early on with the hits and maybe hitting like 220, 230, it's gonna come with a 330, 340 OBP. Because I think he's going to go up there and, and take his walks and, and, and be ready to go. So, like you said, 253, 330, 442. I, I definitely think he can, A.J. Reed can do that. And I think we could see more. I really like him. Um, is there a playing time crunch potential against lefties? Because he is a lefty himself. Wherein Marwin Gonzalez is going to take those, do you yeah, think? Yeah, I think, I think so. Because Marwin's played really well of late. Yes, he, he look, has. You look over his last 30, 40 games, he's playing really well. Um, so, I do think they're going to they're gonna want to keep him involved. Um, along that, so I do think I do think there's some issue there. But if I'm looking at you know looking at first base where I'm trying to see like rest of season, um, you know trying to look I mean, first base, it's top heavy again because I'm looking at the the, the Rotowire uh, dollars earned thus far this year. Well, and, well and, Myers yeah. is up there, right? Well, Myers is fourth. It's Goldschmidt, um, Encarnacion, Rizzo, Myers, Carpenter. They're showing at first base. Uh, Davis, uh, Miggy. Trumbo, they're showing at first base. Hosmer, Belt, Santana, Votto, uh, Napoli. That's this is now where I'm getting into where I can put AJ Reed. Yeah, Napoli and Carter uh, because of the batting average difference. Now I'm now I'm like okay. Not, actually, you know what? That was an OBP league. Let me get out of the OBP format. Project- That'll change up a little bit. Well, while you're looking for that, projections at at Fangraphs have 245, 319, 412. For AJ Reed and actually Steamer and Death Charts agree completely on that same line. That's pretty interesting. You don't always see that. With eight homers and twenty-seven rubies. I'm taking the over on the projections. I like this kid. Uh, too. Like so example. So I said Napoli. You take him over Napoli? See that I was gonna bring up Napoli because it's a really interesting one. I really like Napoli and I was a year early. I thought the sleep apnea was gonna be cured last year. It looks like it's cured this year. Um three stolen bases. Woo! Yeah, I think he's second. I think he's second on my club in Towers. And so, that's hilarious. And and you and you focused on steals. Here's the thing: if if power is is a distinct need, like I I need as many homers as I can get, I'm still going to lean Napoli. If I'm just looking for more of a best player that can just kind of do everything a bit more, I I'll go I'll I'll lean Reed. They're very close, but I think Reed's batting average is going to be better. So if I'm just kind of looking for more of an overall player, I think I would lean Reed. Otherwise, I'm going to take Nap. I, here's a, a kind of similar. How about Justin Bohr? Bohr, I love Bohr. That that isn't that is an interesting name, and it is kind of similar. I agree with you there. I'm going to stick with Bohr on on that one. Um, I think he's doing. You know, if if AJ Reed was able to do what Bohr did, that'd be hilarious. That'd be awesome, is what I mean. Uh, 273, 342, 535. I'm not sure that Reed comes up and pops a 535 slug right away. So I'm gonna I got Bohr ahead of both. And somebody you guys talked about the other day uh, on Thursday, Brandon Moss. Now, Moss has been really interesting. He is absolutely smashing the hell out of righties. He's a little bit more of this platoon that we're talking about that uh, that Reed's probably going to be in. That one's really close, too. You know what? I'm going to go to I'm going to go read on that one. Um, and it's, it's, it's really close. That's a t- that's a tough one for me. So is the Napoli one, to be honest. So those ones are tough. I'm gonna go read. I'm gonna try to take the uh, try to take the, the upside. And hopefully, he takes the league by storm. Um, I don't know. I, I'm a, I'm not convicted in that one, but I am gonna say read. Who okay, do you, who that's, do, who that's do you kind prefer? of my list. Okay. Um, I'm. I think I would. I would take. Um, 
I would go read over Bohr. So I think, I think it's really the only thing I, we differ. Oh, okay, okay. Um, well, I like Justin Bohr. So. I just said they were similar because if we look at, you know, Bohr doesn't play against lefties. Absolutely. Um, you know, so I, that's why I'm thinking it leads kind of similar. I, li- I liked where your head was on that comparison for sure. Let's talk a little Brandon Nimmo. Um, everyone, you know, looking for the Mets to do something. They did do something. They signed Jose Reyes. We talked about that. Uh, Eno and I did. We'll, we'll see. I, actually, it was speculation, and then we and then it finally happened. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Brandon Nimmo is somebody they're trying to bring up, jumpstart a little bit. He's got an interesting line at AAA, but it is the PCL, and so I don't know how much stock to put in his 328, 409, 509, triple slash with five home runs, seven triples, 16 doubles. He does have five stolen bases, but he's five for 12, which is comically bad so that don't, don't you're not banking on stolen bases from him um because it, you know you 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 have a rate like that the team's gonna say don't you dare run you're gonna run us out of innings so i wouldn't i wouldn't count on any steals just yet unless they teach him some things but can he can brandon nimmo be an offensive bat that you use in 15 team mixed or is this nl only uh, this is not only to me. I mean, the talent, the talent's there. I mean, I remember when he was drafted, he was the 13th overall pick out, right, of out of Wyoming. Out of Wyoming. I mean, that's not a lot of, you don't see a lot of uh, guys come out of that, out he didn't of that even, neck of the woods. What, what, he didn't even play high school ball, right? He had to play like... Yeah, he had a, to play a, some kind of weird baseball because they didn't have enough people at his school to play baseball. Like and the it's equivalent not like, of AAU, whatever that is, like Legion ball or something. Right, and as, as minor league, I mean, just because the power really isn't there, he's, he had ten homers and in, 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 uh, one of the uh, 2014, and, and six of those came in in, in double A in about half the season. But that's really it. So we're looking for if he's not going to hit for power, is he hitting for high average? No, not really. Is he going to run? Well, no. He's he's 35 of 54 for his career. So it's uh-huh. you know. You get away with that in the minor leagues. You don't get away with that in the major leagues. No. So if he's not going to hit for power and he's not going to run and he doesn't really take enough, he, they may hit him high in the lineup, but I doubt it. So what are we? We're looking at a guy who's a one category player and only material. Yeah, I think he summed it up pretty nicely. Let's move on from Brandon Nimmo. If, if he surprises us, that'd be great. But I, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. Uh, all right, let's talk some players here, and then we'll get to your trade. Uh, that you made here because I'm interested in talking about that and, and that has some players in it that I wanted to discuss anyway so it works out perfectly but let's start with Adam Jones because uh, you know he really took it personally he listens to the pod hey how's it going Adam uh, we're sorry we we're sorry we said sell on you I, I think pretty much since we said that he has like a 5,000 OPS or something it's been kind of ridiculous but um, I mean he, he's seriously he's been on one I don't even remember when we said that I'm just looking at the last 30 days or 30 games for him. He's got an 892 OPS with a 288 average, 10 homers, 28 ribbies, uh, 26 runs. Now, you found something interesting about the runs. He is scoring them at, at a pretty big pace, despite the fact that his OBP uh, in that time span is only 324 and for the season is only 301. How the hell is he scoring so much? So, yeah, I put, uh, I'm working on a piece for RotorWire and I did this yesterday. So, yeah, like yesterday, his on, over the last month, his on base percentage was 307, but he was tied for the league lead in runs because he's been hitting leadoff. So, he's hitting leadoff, and then you've got Scope and you've got Davis. Uh, you know, you've got that whole, the whole mess behind him uh, Machado, Davis, Scope, uh, and Weeders, all of that. And so, that whole lineup's been hitting like a softball team, like we expected it to. And then yesterday, he goes and hits two homers. Uh, and then, or he, nothing, something else 
today. So now he's leading the league in runs over the past month. And his, his OBP is like 325, which is a little better. But 307 is terrible because you look at everybody else on that on this list I'm looking at. So Josh Josh Donaldson, 479 OBP. Will Myers, 413. Mookie Betts, 362. Springer, 351. Blackman, 372. And then Adam Jones at 307. So he's almost you – know, uh, 40 plus points below everybody else in that list that he's got the same number of runs because one, he's hitting leadoff, So he's getting the extra plate appearances that Blackman is too, but Blackman's got the Colorado factor um, in his favor. So and that's the thing. So as long as the rest of the lineup's doing it, all of his other skills are right where they're at. And he's just on that hot, one of these hot streaks right now. Uh, maybe it comes because he's facing the crappy Tampa Bay pitchers where all of a sudden, Hey, boom, <laughs> boom, boom. But he's been doing this for a month. I know. Uh, yeah, he's doing. Did it yesterday. Doing more of it today's uh, so far. So yeah, it's piling up for him. It, it's been really interesting for Adam Jones, and and you know, not blowing you away with that triple slash, but the production is definitely there. We were concerned. Uh, we were wrong. Let's just say it, we were wrong. Let's here here here's where it's at with with Adam Jones. In early May, as of May 9th, his his uh, average went down to 200. His OPS was down to 543, and that was probably somewhere around. Let's see what Sunday was closest to May 8th. Actually, it was Sunday was May 8th, so uh, that was probably when we said, eh, "Let's sell." Obviously, you know, we we didn't think it was going to keep being that bad, but we think uh, the come up will probably be whatever. I don't know. We just we just weren't confident. Right. And since then, 876 OPS, and that's almost a little misleading because the OBP is only 318. He has a 549 slug and a 283 average. Uh, he's almost a guy where you don't look. I mean, you you look at the triple slash, but you don't go just off of OPS because the OBP is is usually down. 14 homers and 38 ribbies, 35 runs in that span. That would be a full season pace of 52 bombs, 140 ribbies, and 129 runs. Adam Jones, we're sorry. Can we speak about Adam Jones' teammate for a second, Chris Tillman? Yes, let's do that. And it's not to throw dirt on Chris Tillman, um, because you know, if people have listened to us for a while, you know that you like him more than me. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's kind of he's making his 17th start of the season today. So, and if we look back over his first eight starts, uh, it's one of these things where you think like maybe something's changed. Well, his first eight starts of the season, he allowed one home run over eight starts, and you're like, ah, this is great, a one home run over eight starts, and since then. Uh, he's now, after today, has allowed 14 in his last nine starts. Um, yeah, the role has been he's multiple home runs today, one to Arcia, one to Desmond Jennings. Wait, wait, and wait. Again, Tyler Wilson's pitching today, isn't he? Oh, my bad. So let's Did just look at the yesterday? other one. It was Tyler, uh, Chris Tillman pitched yesterday. That's yeah, where I'm was, he in, was, okay. he the, was he in the doubleheader? Arcia doubles, and the Rays are now only down two. Look he at did, that. He did give up a homer and six runs on ten hits last uh, last night. All right, so, night I, so, all right so the split is right. So, so the first the first eight starts one home run. Last eight starts twelve home runs. That's nine. Four point three eight ERA, one twenty six WHIP, strikeout rate seven and a half, walk rates two and a seven. I bring him up because I think it's a good buying opportunity now for him because that first eight he was doing so well. So if somebody had him, they were probably just sitting up like I got Chris Tillman, mm-hmm. this is the year, and then he's been giving up multiple home runs, so twelve runs over eight starts, and you're like, okay, wow, this is this is getting bad, and this is where I like to kick tires on buying opportunities. Like, okay, if he's giving up all these home runs, and those and those home runs that by the way leads leads all of baseball in the last month. That's why I call it out because he's giving up a ton. Um, and, and I look at like Sashi Iwakuma is right there with him, but I'm not as 
confident in Iwakuma's skills right now, but the, the skills Same. are holding up. The skills are holding up for Tillman. I mean, the, the whip, one two six is really good. The four three eight ERA, if that home run rate just halves, then he's right back to where he was in the in the first half. So what I'm, I I wanted to bring him up because it's like, you know, this is, I think it's a good opportunity to buy in because if, if the home run rate, he goes, maybe he goes back to the 258 ERA that he had in the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some of that was matchup related, but uh, I, again, the home run regression here puts him right back and that Orioles lineup was giving him plenty of run support. Absolutely. Um, I, I like that point with Tillman because with those home runs, you'd expect the area to be much higher. But to your point, everything around it has been better. And we've been, you know, common, the common through line here has been about home runs and how crazy they've been. And, you know, he's kind of taken the brunt of that maybe more so than, than he deserves for the way he's pitching. So I, I like what you're saying about getting on Tillman now when it looks like it's at its worst. That's how you actually buy low is you buy in when it when it feels stinky and you're like, oh, man, this this he sucks now. No, he doesn't suck. He's going through he's going through a little something with the home runs with these three multi homer games. But I, I agree with you. I, th- I think that he can turn it around and get back on track. So Chris Tillman, go ahead and buy. Uh, next up, Didi Gregorius having, you know, not a great season, but he was, he was requested for us to talk about because it's actually been all right for shortstop. Right. And th- th- that's one of the things that we always have to talk about. You can't just look at the whole number and say that this, you know, se- OK, 731 OPS, that's not going to knock any doors off. But as a shortstop with six homers, three three stolen bases, a 285 average, all of a sudden that's not too bad, even as shortstop really thickens up. So he's probably more of a middle infielder uh, to give your best use for D.D. Gregorius. But how do you feel about the 26-year-old Yankees shortstop? Um, I like him. If we go back, if we go back and look at our off season, we talked about him quite a bit because we said that uh, he really closed out the season. Um, well, yeah, you know, a lot of people kind of overlooked what was going on, but he started looking, uh, looking better offensively. So he was actually somebody that I targeted in multiple leagues. I do have him in AL Talt Wars, uh, for my, for my middle infield. So I'm a fan of what, what he, what he can do. And it, it you know, again, nothing terribly flashy, but if we look at him by season end, he may, you know, obviously uh, he's going to get double digit home runs for the first time in his career. He's never done that. Uh, and so he's already has six. The The stolen bases really aren't part of his game, but he's hitting for the best average of his career. He's, he's at 285 right now. So the on-base percentage is what it is because he doesn't walk, but we're talking about a shortstop that could hit, that has a going to hit for a high average and have double digit home runs. If you want you drop out of that, that crazy kid tier, uh, right current dollar value right now where we're you know with with Lindor is and where Trevor Story is uh, you know Corey Seager you know you get out of that and get down to the next tier there's just kind of the unsexy Didi Gregorius sitting out there saying hey look at me guys I'm producing value even though the rest of them the rest of my lineup stinks and he's been on fire for a good month plus now over his last 40 games 327 average 838 OPS, four of those bombs that he has, uh, and even 23 ribbies. So he's, he's been playing really well. Again, like you said, even as the, the Yankees maybe haven't, D.D. Uh, Gregorius is, is standing out a bit. Yeah. Let's talk Brandon no, Drew. You know Jonathan, he's no Jonathan VR, but uh, oh, God. that's the disgusting thing. Jonathan VR. He's been unreal. Yeah. He's been I believe, absolutely I believe unreal. We were in, I believe we were in the onboard camp with that one as well. I mean, you talk about a young player. He's still young. Jonathan VR been around for a while, right? Been in our consciousness for a while, but he's 25 years old, getting a full opportunity to just go, and he's beasting out. Now, he does lead the majors in stolen bases and caught stealing, but what is that, 26 for 34? That's not that's not terrible. I, you're, I think you're better with percentages off the top of your head than I am. I already got it, 76. 
actually 77 if you round, um, which is not bad. 72 is the break even. So even leading the league with eight caught stealing, that's not that's not bad for uh, VR plus contributing a little punch, six homers. 299 average. So he's been fantastic. Shortstop, much better this year. That's why I said Didi, uh, even as somebody that you're interested in, probably better used as middle infield, but I like it either way. Let's jump to the NL because we talk a lot of AL between us because we're both AL fans. I think that that happened. So I purposely picked some NL guys. Um, and Brandon Drury was one of the ones that was uh, requested. He's got some nice power. Eight homers, 447 uh, slug on the year, 269 average. Playing around a bit, uh, I believe second, third, a couple outfield positions. You know, really kind of fitting in in this in this uh, Arizona Diamondbacks lineup somewhat regularly. That lineup is actually pretty good. They, they've been able to sustain some of the losses that they had, including David Peralta, who you mentioned, you know, came back, then got hurt again right away. Uh, there's a big swing and miss component to Brandon Drury's game. But he's not a bad player. What do you what do you think of uh, this guy? Um, like him, I saw him play yesterday. Um, he was obviously with the uh, here in the uh, in Colorado, which is always just a by the way, great place to come watch baseball if you've never been to Coors Field. The rooftop situation um, I think is better than the uh, is better than uh, the, the lower area. monster seats. I think it's better than the monster seats. Oh, oh it's wow. better than the lower. I had a seat in the lower area, and it was behind the first base dugout, and it was so stinking hot down there because there was no breeze. You go up to the rooftop, and you got all these all this breeze, and yeah, you're up high, but it's so much better um, along those uh, with there. I so go. I want to go there. It's, it's it's a nice park. I mean, Drury, if we if we take what we just discussed with Gregorius and add a little more power, that's where that's where we're at. Okay, uh, with him, that's kind of where I, that's kind of where I see him. Uh, in his situation, obviously he's going to get, he's got the nice home park. He's going to get to play course field a few more times. Um, but at the end of the season, you know, if we, if we consider today a halfway point, which I think it kind of is, I think this is the real, uh, I forgot exactly where our games play, but Very we're pretty close. close. Um, double, just double. He's got 16 homers. And that's with not even being a full-time player. Yeah. Right. I mean, not, not, not even necessarily all that close to a full time player. They've played. Uh, let's see. They've played 77. Look at the 77. So, and yeah, just about he's, he's only got 58 games. So and, and, and eight bombs. So that power is nice little nice little contribution there in season already. He's played 15 games at third base, although he should have come into the season with third base eligibility because that's where he played most of his 20 games last year. But if not, Brandon Drury is third base eligible, so you can use him at corner or third base or outfield. You know, a little flexibility. If you have lenient um, in-season eligibility, his five games at second base uh, might get you there. I know that I, I play in a lot like that. So if you can be using Brandon Drury as a middle that would be amazing, right? Only because I never get to do this. Yes. News. Drew Smiley gave up another home run. Oh. Uh, there's three, so that's uh, Mark that's, Trumbo just took him deep for his 22nd bomb of the year. Man, yeah. I, I've been waiting for that other shoe to drop, and I, I'm moving off of that position. And I swear to God, if Mark Trumbo collapses uh, in, in July and August or something, then I'm done with him because I'm, I'm, I'm coming on board. I'm coming aboard the Trumbo ship. I'm saying, you know what? Maybe he doesn't just fall off. And I, I still don't think, you know, fall off, is, I guess, is it's kind of relative, right? Because fall off to what? Maybe he kind of already has fallen off a bit because he was toting like a nine-something. By the, by the way, his his slugging percentage is still 60 points higher than Chris Davis's. That's unbelievable. That's I mean, that, that. that offense, that's how they're in first place, by the way, because that pitching, you know, outside of somebody like Tillman, it doesn't really get it done for you. Tyler Wilson's going to get a win today. Five innings, ten hits, five earned runs, two walks, one strikeout, two homers. He's going to get a win. Sick life. Wins are cool. 
wins are, wins are the best. Uh, By the way, he's going to get a win for my AL Tout Wars team today, too. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, you need that then. Uh, 60 <laughs> points, like you said, 60-point difference. And it's not that, you know, Davis sucks or anything. He's got a 496. It's that Trumbo's got a 554 slug. And so, you know, the OBP sucks. I do think the average will still go down a little bit, but I, I kind of thought maybe he would he would have a, a couple months stretch of hitting 230 or whatever, and that's that's what I'm coming off of in terms of Trumbo. I don't know that he's going to, you know, he hit 239 in May, so he does have one month of it already. I don't know that he's going to have a couple more though. I think he can maintain hitting 250 plus, and you know maybe have another spike month too, uh, maybe in August or something. The, the power is just going to be so insane. I, I also see a double-digit homer month coming up, too. He's just, he's just raking in that lineup. And how do you maneuver that lineup with Machado, Davis, Trumbo, and Scope in that little four-pack there? And I don't know Scope definitely uh, not on the same fame level of those other guys. Up to 500. His but yeah, slugging's higher than Chris Davis right he's now. At, he's at 502, so that's why I include him. He has one of the bombs. They all have bombs. Davis, uh, Trumbo, and Scope today. So that lineup is is just utterly filthy, and uh, I just I don't know how you, I don't know how you maneuver around it. All right, we got a few pictures to talk about. Then we're going to get into your trade. Uh, I want to I want to talk about Daniel Mengden. Uh, Eno and I mentioned him a little bit uh, when he first came up. Eno's definitely pro, and and we're we're on board. He got me on board on on Mengden. I didn't know a lot about him. If I'm being fully honest, I just he was not fully on my radar. So I've watched his three starts. Some pretty good stuff. Like it, it's been pretty impressive, and he's adding Ks every time. Five, seven, nine. Um, gone into the sixth in all three of them. Went into the seventh in one of them. You know, at Cincy against Texas, Milwaukee, only one really strong opponent there. But you, when but you he's all in three. He, he's not a he's not a good pitcher. Oh, I didn't notice. Okay, yeah, you're right. He sucks. Never mind. Erase what I was saying. Just kidding. Uh, yeah, he is 0-3 despite giving up six earned. Sweet life, Oakland. But what do you think of Daniel Mangdon uh, outside of his amazing mustache? I, I have not seen him pitch, so I'm, I'm statistically scouting here. I mean, the first game, rookie rookie jitters. I mean, walking four reds is rather unacceptable. But the you know, 16 strikeouts in, against two walks against Texas and Milwaukee, who have good lineups uh, and only allowing four, home or one, four runs, uh, one solo shot in each game, yeah, that's good. When you again, we're the rookie jitters has to be the four walks against the Reds because then you come out against a better Texas lineup and a Milwaukee lineup that can still hurt you in some places, and you Absolutely. only walk one and you strike these guys out. So yeah, obviously Baltimore's not going to give you, uh, not, Oakland's not going to give you the run support that you want. But if this guy's going to come out and keep striking out guys and not hurting himself with walks, that one home run per start is not ideal. But as long as he's not putting multiple guys on base like this, uh, I'm on board uh, in AL. I, I can't get him in the AL leagues that I have, but yeah. This is good. I think he's been picked up, and I feel like you can, you can feel confident. You don't have to have your uh, finger hovering over the uh, the drop button with Mangdon. Give him, give him some blips too, because there's going to be a bad start or two. You know, just just by kind of law of averages, just the way it is with pitcher. Don't. I, I wouldn't freak out after the first bad start. Uh, I guess it's my main point here because he's not available in in a lot of leagues. I think he has been picked up. How shallow of a, a mixed league would you would you take a shot? Twelve. 18. Uh, 15, 15, 15. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to run away from a guy because he's not winning games. It's not his fault. No, I certainly wouldn't do that. Uh, Well, let's talk about another guy then a a young, young guy, a little bit more acclaim though. Cody Reed, a little bit more well-known of a prospect for Cincinnati 
had his debut. Uh, not too bad, you know, seven innings, four runs. That's not that's not the part that you're really freaking out about because uh, it's a 5.14 ERA, and it's like, oh, 5.14, that seems so bad. But th- that's weird, by the way, because you see you 5.14 right in your brain, you're like, that's a terrible ERA. But seven innings, four runs is not a start where I'm like, that's terrible. Especially not these days. <laughs> no, especially when it, it was it was kind of the bookends. That first inning, you're talking about rookie jitters, two of the runs, and then two more in the seventh. So maybe he was getting gassed a little bit uh, in his first major league start going through that third time. But had nine strikeouts, three walks, six hits. This was at Houston. They got him for two homers. Not not too bad so far for Cody Reed. Um, you know, it's one start. I'm just curious how high can he go? Because, you know, it's an acclaimed prospect. Can he be a, a mixed league contributor the rest of the way? I, I'm, I'm iffy on that. And I'm, you know, I'm leaning heavily on uh, Eric Long and Hangen's report that he put up on June 18th on the site. So please go read that because uh, Eric's much better at this than the rest of us. But yeah, when you, especially you, know, a couple you and of things, I. If you, if you watch the video, you can kind of see, you know, when you watch the video of Cody pitching, it's a lower arm slot. So it's a lefty. So right away, you're like, OK, righty's going to better look at him just because the lower that arm slot goes, the longer you're going to get a, a cleaner look. And that's why that's why lower arm slot guys tend to go to the bullpen. Uh, but he said that the changeup has improved. Uh, within the uh, since last year, because he used to have larger platoon splits. But uh, the issue for him, and that's going to be in the, the issue for him, as in Cody Reed, and that's going to be an issue for anybody who throws for a lower arm slot, is the command of the fastball. That's one of the things. The lower your slot goes, the more that ball is going to move, uh, and so that he's got to be fine with it. He's, he's got that thinner margin for error. And I flash back to something last year, uh, you know, when Erasmus Ramirez went to Tampa Bay, the first two starts, he was so God awful as one of his biggest fans. Nice. I'm like, yeah, never mind, go. But he had told the media, he's like, look, my arm slot, my release points too low. I, I can't control this thing right now. I need to get it back up. And sure enough, he did. He was great the rest of the way. He was awesome. uh, and so and that's really the thing comes down to it. So if he's going to pitch from that lower arm angle, it just reduces his margin of error. And for me, you know, when I, when you're reading through this report that Eric has in the bottom, these talks, about uh, spotty command uh, over the last month, effectiveness of slider you know, and lefties, that kind of thing. So th- there's a couple of flags um, there as well. And he says he's got a four-starter ceiling uh, kind of thing. So okay. in mixed league, I want one, two, three. I don't like four starters. There's too many guys out there. You know, We've got 90 pitchers. And if we just take the top three, we've got 90 pitchers that are one, two, three in a rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, and 90 pitchers in a 12-team mixed league. If every, star- if every staff has six, there is 72. If I'm doing my math right, yes, 12 times 6, 72. So there's 72 starting pitchers. So even if you think that 20% of the one, two, three starting pitcher pool in baseball aren't really one, twos, or threes, there's still enough pitchers to cover what you need to not take this kind of risk. All right. I, I, I think that that's as good as any uh, of, of a scouting report on Cody Reed after just one start. we got to see more before we can really get too involved. Again, a high prospect. Being a good good major league prospect though doesn't always mean it's going to be great fantasy success. So if he is a little bit more of a four starter, Cody Reed, that's not going to translate as much except in NL only league. So that's what we're looking at. Strikeouts will be there. We'll see how the rest goes. All right, let's talk your trade and then get out of here so you can get to Coors. You sent away Kobe Rasmus, Taylor Motter, Stephen Moya for Justin Upton, Alcides Escobar. This is in tout, right? And it's OBP. So talk us through your your thought process on this trade. Uh, so thought process in this deal is, um, wanted more. Justin Upton has been heating up of late. Uh, oh, yeah. we, so that's what I'm looking at. I've, you know, 
when I look at my team, I'm looking at a team that has a last year deal for Robinson Chirinos, last year deal for Abreu, last year for Cano. Uh, it, that's oh wait, of, wait, this isn't town. This is keeper league. No, this is keeper. This is my okay, local pardon, home. Pardon, so pardon. that's so where, is it is it OBP or average? Average. Okay, so okay, standard okay. five by five, eleven team AL. Uh, and so currently in the standings, I've been in low six, low sixties. First place um, is the last year's defending champ, but he's only. Uh, he is six and a half in front, so he's at seventy-eight, and I'm currently at sixty-two. So I'm within I'm within a money shot. So oh, yeah. if I'm looking at mm-hmm. you know big names like that going away, you know why why hesitate to trade a Taylor Motter who I think does have a future. I think honestly that my my theory on Taylor Motter is he's going to be the shortstop for the Rays, and they're going to move Miller to the outfield. Um, yeah, defensively, Motter's so much better um, defensively, uh, and I think that's where it's going to go. And then or he's going to end up being their kind of Zobrist because he's that's, already played. I was gonna They're say four playing first, yeah, all those different all those different places, um, and, and then Stephen Moya, you know all about the the power potential, but the big strikeout, but there's big strikeouts there, Absolutely. so you know. Either way, and then uh, Colby Rasmus has done what I thought he would do for me so far, but he is on a he is on a one year deal with the Astros. Who knows what next year holds in play for him? Uh, so yeah, I consider him a final year player uh, the way it is. So uh, let's trade for an Upton and Escobar, both guys that are uh, in final year deals themselves. So I'm just doubling down on that and uh, and trying to make a push there because home runs. I'm towards the bottom half of the league, but I'm at 109. But the team in front of me is at 110. The next one's at 110. The next one's at 115. The next one at 115 so I've got some growth there and then with Escobar if I can get you know, if he can actually get on base so he can run a little bit steals I am uh, middle of the pack there and I can make up two points I can make I can't make any more than two points in steals uh, but I can't lose anything either so let's try to make so I'm looking at this thing I can make seven or eight points up uh, and really not lose anything oh that's nice that's the best kind of deal right where so you got to give to get but if you're not if you're giving without really giving too many points that's obviously ideal. So I, I like that trade there. We'll see how it turns out. You're right about Upton. Obviously, he's been he's been on fire. I mean, he's been back really now for a good 35 games with an 822 OPS, six homers, 23 ribbies, 21 runs, uh, even four stolen bases. So he's back running again. That's a full season of 28 homers, 107 ribbies, 98 runs, uh, and four and 19 stolen bases. So that's Justin Upton right there, and he's been doing it now for just over a month. Feel confident that he's going to be strong the rest of the season and kind of be Justin Upton proper. So I really like jumping in on him. And Alcides should give you at least, at the very least, some speed. And you know he's going to be a full-time player. The volume there, even if he's not great, the volume that he's able to give uh, of playing time and you know passable batting average, like I said, some stolen bases, probably some runs, it can be helpful. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I'm going for. So let's see what happens. Oh, the other thing I wanted to mention, like, so, you know, deep, deep, deep NL only league. I went oh, to yeah, a, yeah. Uh, I Sorry. went to a, went to my first Appalachian League game on Thursday night. I was in Kingsport, Tennessee area for business. So I was like, hey, let me go check out a game. There's the Kingsport Mets, uh, who have had a ridiculous amount of talented players come through that, um, uh, that stadium in, in years like Daryl Strawberry. You know, think of any good Mets prospect and even uh, back in the day, so Blue Jays too. Uh, so oh. there's a lot of the different players that have played there. So, um, good stuff, but I saw uh, Tom Zapucky, S-Z-A-P-U-C-K-I. He was a fifth-round draft pick for them last year out of Florida, uh, Florida High School. 
down there. Lefty um, struck out 13 and walked none over six innings, gave up wow. two hits. One was an infield single, and the other one was a bunt that died in the dirt. Uh, that was it. I mean, the fastball was 91-95. The breaking ball was 77-80, to 80, and it was like an 11-5, to 5, really tight breaking ball. So what he was doing is sometimes he would throw it in a one pitch, but every – I don't think I saw a three ball count all night long and it was just like fastball strike. And if they fouled it off, they were way late on it. Uh, and it just a lot of foul balls way out the right field line. Uh, very few straight back, even though they knew fastballs were coming on strike one. And then most of the time it was, here's a fastball. Uh, it was like pitching like a high school game, fastball, fastball, breaking ball, or fastball, breaking ball, fastball. It was just a dominate, dominating performance. Uh, as somebody who's watched a lot of awful pitching <laughs> of reason play, it was nice to sit there and watch them. He just absolutely carved through a lineup um, and didn't see him. So he wasn't. I went in to look at the Baseball America book when I got back to my house on Friday. He wasn't even listed in there. He was listed on their depth chart, but he wasn't even listed as a top 30 prospect by Baseball America. Um, whereas the, the MLB pipeline had him as like the 17th best in the Mets. Okay. Uh, just something to keep an eye on. That was uh, that was impressive. I, I've, I've gone to a lot of minor league games and I've rarely seen somebody go through a lineup like that where everybody knew a fastball was coming and they still couldn't straighten it out. All right, Thomas Zapucky, that's S-Z-A-P-U-C-K-I. Again, we're talking dynasty leaguers. Those of you that are, are you know, getting anybody with a pulse that can maybe do something, we're, we're bringing you that now. That's what we're doing. That's how good we are doing. Uh, that's how deep we're going these days. But, Jason, i got to let you go. Get out there to Coors. Have a great time. You and I will talk in a week. Until then, take care. All right, man. Thanks. Bye.